I like that. I like the way that says that. You're my healer. I believe that you you are all I need. Isn't that awesome? He is all we need. He is our healer. He is our portion. You know, when you hear when you hear he is our portion, that that isn't just necessarily a spiritual thing. He's a portion in everything in your life. It doesn't matter. It's a, a portion in your relationships. He's a portion in your finances. He's a portion in your job. You name it. He's a portion in your life. And I think that's just really an awesome thing. Oh, praise you, Father. I, I just want to thank you for that, Lord. I do. I just want to thank you for that, Lord. That is just... I don't know. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited when I think about that, Lord, that you are all that I need, that you are, Lord, you are a healer, Lord, and, and, and that goes hand in hand. And we just thank you for that, Lord, that you heal our finances, and you're also that portion in our finances, Lord. It, it's a great, it's a great two-pack right there, Lord. You're our healer and our portion, and we just thank you for that. And, uh, Lord, we, we just praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, worship team. Oh, man. Well, it's going to be a good night. You guys are welcome to be seated. We're going to be in, hopefully, for some good word. The Lord's always got good things for us. Um, I, want to, I want to challenge you with a scripture before we get started here. And we're going to, we're going to take some... Uh, Let's take a minute and do some tithes and offerings, but I want to I want to challenge you. Uh, I want to challenge you in this tonight. This is really kind of cool. In in Malachi, and uh, there was there was a, a youth pastor friend of mine. He always, always used to say that this is the Italian prophet Malachi, but it's uh, it's actually Malachi. And it's you know if you're trying to figure out where that is, go towards the middle of your Bible, and it's right between the end of the Old Testament and just before Matthew. You get down to the end. And and it's and he's talking to he's talking here and he's saying don't you know that we're not to rob God right and and it's and it's chapter three verse ten says this bring all of the tithes into the storehouse right so bring things you know bring bring your tithes bring your offering bring your offerings that there may be food in my house and try me and this is fun if you go into the New Testament you remember Jesus was tried by the devil right and he says don't try me. Don't tempt me. You can't do that. That's, I don't want you to do that. This is the one time, if you go through your entire Bible, this is the one time where God says, try me. I want you to try me. Go ahead and do it. I dare you. Try me in this now, says the Lord. And if, check this out, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings that there will not even be enough room to receive it. You know, he's got that for your household. That's for the church, but that's also for your household. Because he's challenging you directly. And he says, do it. Bring, bring in your tithes and see what's going to happen in your house. Go ahead and try me. See if you can outgive me. You're not going to be able to outgive me. I think that's really an awesome thing. So that's, I, I want to challenge you that as uh, ushers come down to take offering. Um, we'll pray over our offerings here and, and, and we'll get into some good word. All right. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for each and every uh, household that's represented here this evening, Lord. Um, just thank you. You know their situations as far as jobs and finances, Lord, go. Um, the, the Lord, you, uh, you are, again, you are our healer. Lord, you're a healer of finances, but you're our portion in our finances and we thank you for that. And we thank you that you do watch out over us and, and just uh, pray that you bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, all right. I gotta get myself put together. I'm telling you. All right. Well, 
I got to thinking about what the, the, the month of September um, kind of marks some big things, at least as far as this country is concerned. And, and um, at the beginning of September, nine years ago, we had a pretty atrocious thing happen on our, on our soil. How many, how many people know what I'm getting at already? All right, okay. So the 9-11 attacks happened. And there was a lot of uncertainty in this country. And, and I just remember, you know, I, I kind of go flashing back as to what I was doing that morning. And everybody always remembers. Everybody remembers the spot in the moment when they heard what had happened. You know, it's one of those things. There's a few things that, I, I mean, when, you know, um, you know, some will remember whenever, when, when our, when our, when uh, Kennedy was shot, people just, they know. Man, the moment I heard, I know where I was, and they never forget that moment. This is, this is that moment, at least in my, you know, in my lifetime. Man, I am never going to forget that moment. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I, <laughs> I was thinking about what I was, what I was thinking that morning, and coming into work, I, I was very, I, I was not as somber and sober about it at first, because I just heard about the one tower. And, and at that point in time, you know, there was, there were a bunch of pilots that were getting busted for flying drunk, right? I mean, that was early on. It was just kind of a weird craze that was, I won't call it a craze, that's not the right word, but it was kind of a weird phenomenon going on. And I thought, oh, Lord, you know, we got a drunk pilot that's out in, in, in the World Trade Center, and that all happened. And, you know, it was still hard to get a hold of. But when we got to the other, I get, I get to my office, and there was just the strangest air about the office. I mean, everybody just... Kind of their faces were dragging and, and, you know, big eyed. They had no idea. You could just kind of tell that they had no idea what was really going on. And then I heard about the second tower. And it was at that point that I understood, okay, something else is going on. Well, let me tell you, I think for a lot of folks, what you were seeing and what I was seeing in their face was fear. There was an honest to goodness, just fear. They had no idea what to do and they didn't know how to grapple and, and, and deal with that. And I think one of the one reason that a lot of people lived in fear during that moment is they didn't understand, and this is going to sound odd, they didn't understand love. And let me tell you where I'm coming from. In 1 John, I want to read this, 1 John 4.18. It says, okay, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, which you could tell a lot of people were tormented during that time. You could see it. It just something, something was on them. But he who fears, right, has not been made in perfect love. And then it goes to talk about Christ. It says, we love him because he first loved us. That's where I want to come from tonight is we got to understand that there is no fear in love. All right. Father, I just want to thank you for this word that you have this evening. Um, Lord, Lord, just uh, uh, help me to say it the right way, Father. I just thank you for that. And, and Lord, I just pray that, um, you know, for those we may have fear, Lord, that we understand your love and that we get into your love. And, and uh, again, I just thank you for this. And in Jesus' name we pray. Say amen. amen. All right. So, you know, I come with that thinking, fear, fear actually is a big enemy of faith and love. And as I was studying for this, and I'm going through, and all throughout the Bible, when you start seeing love, the word faith is tacked along with it. 
And even there's a scripture I'm going to use later, if you roll back a few verses, it's talking about you can have all the faith in the world, you can have the knowledge, you can share, you can share about Christ, but if you don't have love, you don't understand it. You, you have nothing. It says you don't, if you don't have the love. So this is, this is the best handy little two pack. This will get you through life right here. If you understand faith and love. And if, as I was going through and studying, it really was kind of fun to, to watch how many times the words were explicitly used together. Faith and love are tied together. Faith and love, faith and love, faith and love. You see it all throughout. Even, you know, I'm reading through the New Testament, faith and love. And even if it doesn't say faith explicitly, it talks about faith. And it alludes to faith when it brings up love. So they're a very, very connected thing. And the thing is, is a lot of people had no faith. Previous to 9-11, there were a lot of people that didn't get into church. And they didn't have a faith, but they turned to church to make sense of the fear. Yeah. Right? And so they, they turn, they know that there's something about, you know, that crazy person that keeps talking about the Bible over in the corner of the room at their office, right? This guy just keeps trying to invite me to church and I have no idea why. They all of a sudden kind of started to understand what that person was doing, and they understood what their faith was about. And so they, a lot of people turned to church, and then they turned away, not getting a hold of the faith. They may have started to catch on to a little bit of the love, but they never caught on to the faith, and you see a lot of people have sw- slipped away since that point. But I want to, I want to, you know, what, what fear has done to some of these people, I want to kind of get into that a little bit. What, what fear does to people? What does it do? One of the things that it really does is it makes you lose your focus. Right? Fear makes you turn away from, turn away from that which you know really you should be looking at. Right? And I, I got, there's this, there's a story of these two brothers in the Old Testament, Jacob and Esau. It's kind of fun. <laughs> here, here you got, you know, Isaac and Rebecca are the parents. And they get a word, and it says, hey, you're going to have two boys. So back then, that was probably the best news that anybody could hear, right? Because they, I mean, you know, sons were like the best thing that you could have is, hey, my my kingdom or my whatever I have, it's going to be passed on. I've got a son. It's going to keep going. Well, they were going to have two boys. And they said, this is what's going to happen, though. The younger one's actually going to rule over the older one didn't quite catch what was going on. They didn't understand how that was going to work, but okay, fine. It says they were told the younger one will rule over the older, which goes completely contrary to everything that they knew and understood. I talked to Santino, and Santino, you say that still happens now, right? There's a blessing upon the firstborn, and they get everything, right? So they, they, there's, there's everything is turned over to the firstborn male. Well, that kind of goes contrary when they're saying the younger one's going to rule over the older, so they didn't understand it. So somewhere along the way, Jacob and Esau, now they're all grown up. They've gone out. They've gotten a job. You know, mom and dad have said, all right, time to do things on your own. Well, the older Esau was a big burly guy, you know, and his name even kind of makes him a little bit burly. His name is Esau, right? How many know what Esau means? Okay, some of you, I don't know, you probably know somebody who should be named Esau. It means Harry. Right? Okay. You probably work with somebody who's a little bit hairy. You go, just please don't call him Esau when you go to work this week. I would feel bad if you did that. But, you know, but his name literally means hairy. But here's the thing is, is the younger one, Jacob, his name means basically deceiver. Right? And, and, and the, the literal translation means, um, grabs at the heel. Right? 
Well, what, what happened? When they were born, that's exactly what happened. Esau was born, and the next thing you know, his little brother is grabbing a hold of his heel. And they named him Jacob. So, again, you have to be careful in naming. I mean, that's kind of bad. you got to feel sorry for the kid that named him Esau, and then he grows up to be hairy, you know. What you name your kids really does matter, okay? It, honest to goodness, it really does. I, I talked about this before. I got, we got two wonderful kids. And they're actually in the back row, so plug their ears. I don't want them to hear. No, <laughs> Tessa. Tessa was our firstborn, and, and her name actually means servant full of grace. And I have never seen a kid who has wanted to help do things more than this little girl. I mean, at two years old, just old enough to really kind of comprehend things, she wants to help clean. How many two-year-olds do you know that like to help clean? I mean, honestly, most here, I mean, we babysat a few two years olds, and all they did was try and put holes in the wall. I mean, they just, they want to tear the joint up. But, again, what you name your child really does mean something. So we named her Servant Full of Grace. Once in a while, the grace part doesn't work so well, but she's definitely a servant. She still likes to help. She's always asking, oh, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? You know? But then we named, we named Daniel, which, which his name means um, discerning spirit. So that boy understands things that it just drives me nuts sometimes, but he just gets things that, you know, it, I, uh, example, when he was a little baby, and we would, we would hold on to him, you know, and you could put your kid to sleep by hanging on to him, and then you're like, okay, this kid is getting heavy because, you know, he's dead weight now, I mean, he's not hanging on himself, so you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down, and the second you sit down, ah, oh, Lordy, okay, I'm up, I'm up, okay, and you get him asleep again. And he knew the difference. That's what a discerning spirit is. Is it, I mean, out cold and the kid still knows what's going on, but you sit down again. Eh, you know, so you, we got a lot of practice standing up and holding a baby. So we go back to that anyway. Make sure that you, you know, for those of you who haven't had kids and you're going to have kids, be careful what you name your kid because it, it does mean something and that is actually very important. So back to Jacob and Esau and these brothers and, and, so we're losing focus. I've just lost focus, and I've gone down a five-minute rabbit trail. It had nothing to do with what I was talking about. But anyway, but this, this fear has caused Jacob, the younger brother, to lose focus of really what he's supposed to be getting, right? He's already promised the blessing, and he's already promised to be the ruler over the older brother. But what he does is he takes it upon himself to do that. He loses focus. It was meant to be given to him. He just did it in a way that wasn't right. He came along and goes to his brother, and his brother is hungry. His brother has been out. He's been hunting. He's been doing things. And he says, I need food. And Jacob goes, sure, just give me your blessing, and I'll give you this great soup. Okay, if you're hungry enough, you will eat anything and do whatever somebody wants you to, right? I mean, we went to Mexico. There are a million things in the world that I would have never touched before I went to Mexico. We ate one meal a day. It was usually between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m., and and we had been working all day. I don't care what you put in front of me that night. I'm going to eat it. I was eating stuffed peppers. I would not have let a stuffed pepper even be on the table where I ate before. So at this point, Esau's like, feed me. I will give you the blessing. That's fine. So Esau's even lost sight of the fact that he's the older born and he knows he should have been getting the blessing anyway. He doesn't care. But the fear actually is what got hold of Jacob and said, I have got to make sure this thing is mine. I'm scared that I'm not going to get it because I know that I'm the younger one. So he grabs, he loses focus and takes this thing away and does it, it does it to himself.
So fear makes you, fear makes you lose that focus. Second thing, it can, it can make you pull away, right? And when you pull away, you take things into your own hands. We just read Jacob did that, right? Well, it goes a step further. Mom gets involved, right? Mom gets involved and says, okay, I'm scared for this too. Everybody's got their favorites, right? I said this last time, everybody's got their favorites. This is the same in our household, but I won't say it because they're both in the room and I don't want them to, to have that knowledge yet, okay? I'm going to wait till they're teenagers and they can figure it out on their own. But anyway, so Jacob was mama's favorite and Esau was Isaac's, it was daddy's favorite, right? So they go to, they go, it's time to, to give out the blessing and Isaac's getting really sick and now he can't see and he's blind. And, and well, I guess that kind of is the same thing, right? You can't see and you're blind. They kind of go hand in hand. But anyway, so <laughs> Isaac can no longer really see and he says, okay, I want, bring in Esau. I want to give him the blessing. Well, Rebecca, now she's got to, you know, she's got to, she's got to push a little bit, but she gets him to do it anyway. Right, Jacob kind of, if you read the story, Jacob's kind of, well, I don't really know if this is right, you know, and, you know, maybe dad will figure it out because, you know, you named him Harry. I'm smooth. He's going to get it when he goes, hey, come here, son. And there's nothing there but skin, right? So she says, here, it's, it'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Just stick some, you know, lamb hair on your arms and he won't know the difference. And, and that's what they did. They took things into their own hands. It made them pull away from where they should have been and step into something they shouldn't have been doing. So they did it on their own. Not a good thing. But I'm going to get a little bit more practical of some things. Okay, fears lead people now even to do a few crazy things. Right? Fear leads you to kind of do something. It, 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 it leads into kind of acting crazy, acting wacky. I've got a video. I want you guys to watch this. It's, it's yeah, you're going to like this. So, okay, so here's a guy who's got some fear, right? It leads you to do crazy, weird things, right? And it can actually be pretty, these phobias, these crazy, these, these things that kind of you take it too far can be actually very disabling and debilitating to the person who is locked up inside of them, right? I mean, here, again, he's, he's just afraid of dying alone. I mean, he's, you know, dated some people. If you've ever seen the show, it's, he it goes into a whole big thing and he has this one last person that he just knows that he can get back together with her and she'll marry him. And to find out she's already married. Okay, so now he just jumps off the deep end and says, now i got to be a crazy guy running around, you know, having snakes as my kids. People go through this. Believe it or not, this may seem like weird on a TV show. People go through stranger things than even this. And I want to, I want to give you some, just a few quick things. There's some phobias, right? How many people know what a phobia is? A phobia is really an irrational fear, right? It's taking something. Now, fear can be a good thing, which we'll talk about in a second. 
But you can take something way past where it needs to be, and then it becomes just kind of crazy, weird, just odd stuff going on, right? So here's some phobias that I found. I went out and, and looked these up on the internet. There's a thing called Novercophobia. It's a fear of your mother-in-law, right? So that's her right there in the corner in the red. See, I, you know. Actually, I had a greater fear of my father-in-law before we got married than my mother-in-law. But it's just, but that's a whole, no. There's a, there's a, uh, this would be hard to even do what I'm doing right now if you had logophobia. Fear of words. Okay. People have, uh, you know, I've, how many people, you guys are pretty young. Do you like tests? Yeah, so you guys probably have testophobia from time to time, right? Fear of tests, fear of taking a test. I remember having that. I, you know, mine was usually because I slacked off and didn't study till the night before the test. That's why I was scared of the test. So there's uh, palatophobia. Okay, so how many of you are hair challenged in this place? Anybody got it? Solo a little bit? You got a fear? No, you're good to go? Okay, that's a fear of bald people. Right there. I mean, strange stuff, right? Elect, elect, uh, electorophobia. Fear of chickens. But you can't even go to KFC and get a meal, right? You got a fear of chickens. You got, um, you, you know, and this one I've never understood, and I keep reading it and I don't understand how this happens, but euphobia, a fear of good news, you know? Congratulations, you won the lottery. I can't take it. You know, I mean, people cry, but that's usually because they're happy, not because they get freaked out by the fact that they just won a million dollars. Now, there's a lot of guys that I've known over my, over my time, you know, that have this one, gamophobia, fear of marriage. There's a lot of people that I'm sure we've met that have gone down that road. That kind of went hand in hand with the fear of the father-in-law before we got married. It was, no. Homeliophobia, and here we go. This one would be for anybody who's having a problem right now. It's a fear of sermons. So that's, you know, I'm sorry if this one freaks you out, but um, it's a fear of sermons. So, again, these things unchecked can really kind of get you wrapped up. And I read, you know, there's one, I can't even think of the name. Well, there's, I think the, the name is like this big, you know, triskaidectophobia. I mean, some people joked and said it was a fear of triscuits. It's not. It's actually fear of number 13, but it's just a number, right? You know, but I think there, honest to goodness, there is somewhere, I can't remember the name of it, but there's people that have a fear of triscuits because of sharp corners. There's a name for it. I mean, you just, you never know. You never know. It's, it, it goes to a point... You know, <laughs> there was somebody that used to, was here that used to sing in the choir and they, they moved away and, um, there, you know, people have different fears of things, obviously, and, and she, mice freaked her out. I mean, more than anything else in the world, a mouse would just freak this gal out. And we were in here, we're practicing choir, they're up here, okay, back doors, those two doors right in the middle were open, and a mouse goes running across the middle of the foyer, 75 foot, five foot away, and she's jumping onto a chair, freaking out, because the mouse is in the foyer, period. So again, fear can just get a hold of you and kind of make you do things that, you know, it just kind of messes with you a little bit. I know what Mikey's got a fear of. You don't have to worry about it, buddy. It ain't happening. <laughs> you'll, you'll, it'll, it'll hit you later, don't worry. All right. 
So we go back to all these things. If people understand love, we go back to 1 John. What does it say? There is no fear in love, right? So if you understand love, which is to understand Christ and to be in Him, and you have faith, you put those two together, it's this, the, the fear becomes less and less rational on things. But fear, here we go, fear, final thing here, can be healthy. Which sounds really weird because we've been talking about how bad fear is. It makes you lose your focus, right? Makes you pull away and take things into your own hands. Um, you know, you do, you get into phobias and just crazy behavior sometimes. But fear can be healthy. And, and I want to go into Deuteronomy. Let me, let me show you why. In Deuteronomy, it's talking about the fear of God, right? Well, you know, a lot of times people misunderstand that phrase. When you hear the fear of God, you know, and you go and you read all of these other scriptures that say there's no fear in love, but God is supposed to be love. How does that work? Fear in this case is not fear as we think of it. Fear in its original term is actually, is, in the Greek is called uh, something like phobos, which is the word pho- where phobia comes from, which means flight or, you know, thing that, things that, um, the thing that makes you run or the thing that causes flight. But fear, when you really get down to it, a fear of the Lord means you have a full-on healthy respect for God. And it's just, it's an all, yeah, it's an all-consuming just um, respect for God. It's all, it's everything, because He is everything, right? And so that's kind of the fun thing, is as you get in, and so in Deuteronomy, I think we got it up there. Yeah, so here we go, Deuteronomy, this, this, I mean, the fear of the Lord can be a good thing. So it says, so that you, you know, so that you and your children and their children after them may fear God and your God as long as you live by keeping his, his decrees and commandments that I give you so long that you may enjoy, you know, so that you may enjoy life. Well, that is a pretty cool thing. I mean, that's the kind of fear that I can get down with. If I can enjoy my life, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a great thing. I'm going to go into Psalms. Psalms says it. I, I love this. So in Psalms 115 verse 11, it says this, You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. There it is again. It's a trust and a respect, right? It's not the way we think of fear, but it's an actual trust and a respect. And you trust in the Lord, and He is your help and your shield. So this is a good thing. So you get into Him, and you have that fear of Him, right? You have the fear of the Lord, you have that respect for Him. He is actually your shield and your helper, so he stands between you and those things that you may have feared, that if you have faith in him and you have faith in that love, right, that stands between you and the bad things. It's down to verse 13, it says, He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. And I like that. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you are the most spiritual person in the world or the smallest child in the world. Right? He is there for everybody both great and small amen, amen? so i want to i want to i'm going to kind of finish up with this here and in 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 um and in acts you know this is kind of how the church was built <laughs> and this is really how the church i think will continue to be built but this is then the then the churches throughout throughout all the land at that time you know had peace and were edified and i'm looking in the wrong spot i bet no, no, I think I'm in the right spot. There we go. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. 
So again, here, fear is a good thing. The church walked in the fear of the Lord. They, they had this deep found respect for, for the Lord and they did what he wanted them to do. And not all, they were blessed in such a way that the church itself was even multiplied. And this can happen in your life. This isn't just limited to the church. In your own life, you can be multiplied in, in all sorts of ways. Whether it's job, whether it's, you know, in your finances, health, kids, you name it, whatever. But it's that, it's that, that side of fear that is a good thing. Because fear can, can bring about, um, that, you know, faith and love actually within you. You know, you could get a real faith in Christ and, and, and that love comes out. So I want to take a minute here real quick and, and, uh, we've been talking a little bit about fear, but we keep talking about God and we keep talking about love and you want to understand this love. So I want everybody to just go ahead and close their eyes for a moment and, and, um, I want you to think about this and, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do two things here. Um, first of all, maybe there's been, at some point in your time, you know, sometime in your life, there's been a, a fear, even now, you've got a fear of something that kind of gets a hold of you and is, preventing you from maybe doing some things. So I think tonight could be a good night, you know, to get rid of that. <laughs> we'll pray for that and, and we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll believe that the Lord and believe that that love will help break that off of you tonight. So I want you to think about that. If you have something like that, and I don't want anybody looking around because I don't want anybody to be embarrassed, but I want you to, to just kind of raise your hand at this point if you say, you know, We've talked about it, and I do. I feel like I've been in those first couple of things where maybe I've pulled away or maybe I've lost focus. You know, maybe a fear has caused me to do a few things that uh, that I shouldn't have done. Amen. You know, we're going to pray tonight that that fear be broken on you. And we believe, and that's one of the things you're going to find you come to the service, you come to this church, that we pray, and we believe what we pray, and we believe what we pray will be answered. <laughs> Because, amen, we pray to the living God and the God who answers our prayers and listens to us. And, um, you know, I mean, we're singing it and talking about how he's our healer. Well, he can he- heal that hurt. He can heal that fear. So we're going to pray, first of all, for that. And we just thank you for the couple of hands that were up. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God. You know what's going on in these lives. And, Lord, we know that in you, we know that that there is no fear in you, Lord. We know that there is no fear in love. And we just, we just thank you. You know this situation. You know these situations and what's going on. And Lord, we just pray that you get in there and get your hands around to these, around to these, um, those that raise their hand, Lord. And you just wrap them in your love in a mighty way, Lord God. We just thank you that, that these fears are no more. And we, and we pray to that, Father, to say that, that fear has no place in these lives. Only your love has place in these lives. And we thank you for that, Father. And, uh, and Lord, again, you know, as, as we go out of this place, that Lord, that, that, that whatever it may have been, this fear, if it's a, you know, if it's a really debilitating or a tormenting, whatever it is, Father God, that that is gone and there be peace in its place. And we thank you for that. And we thank you in in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm going to have you guys keep your heads down for just one more minute. Now we've talked a little bit about God. We keep talking about God and we keep talking about his love. And there may be those of you who don't know him yet. There may be somebody who, or even you have known him in the past and you've stepped away. And you say, tonight, you know what? I want to reignite that. And I want to, I want to step back into that love again. And I want to, I want to get to know him again. And I want to 
do just like it's even saying in Acts. I want to have that fear of God and I want to be multiplied. I want things to happen. So I just want to, I just want to give you a moment. And if you feel you're at that place and you feel tonight, you know what? I want to get back to knowing God again. Or I want to do it for the first time. I want you just to raise your hand and I'm going to, you know, again, nobody's going to be looking around. And we're going to pray for you and believe that that happens tonight. Amen. That is awesome. All right. Those of you, I'm I'm going to pray for you now. This is just kind of a cool thing. And I want you to, I'm going to have everybody repeat this so nobody's embarrassed. But I'm going to have everybody repeat after me here in a second. And we're going to pray this and, and believe wholeheartedly that tonight is a new beginning for those who have raised their hand. Amen? All right. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are love. We thank you that you went to the cross for us. Mm-hmm. We thank you that you went to the cross. I thank you that you went to the cross for me. Lord, as your word says, you first love me. And Lord, now I'm taking a step and asking you to come into my life. I want to show you love. And I thank you today that you've taken away all my sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, right now, I want to tell you something really cool just happened. A couple people raised their hand. But it says in the Bible, it says, every time someone either comes to Christ or comes back to Christ, the angels rejoice. You realize that you just started a party? <laughs> That's what it says. The angels, the angels are they're starting up the band. They're firing it up. People are dancing up in heaven right now. You just started a party in heaven. I think that's a pretty cool thing. So those of you, if you want to come up, meet with, with Solo and myself, we would just want to talk to you a little bit afterwards. Um, you know, it's an awesome thing. But as, go ahead, everybody can stand up. As we go out, I want you guys, we're going to get, we're going to get back. We're going to sing just one more song here real quick and, and uh, we'll be on our way this evening. Amen.
I know they are yelling at the Cornhusker Stadium. Why am I thinking about it so much? But I'm, I'm going to yell for Jesus. I want to hear in this place tonight, you just, just like that song says, can we just bigger, uh, get, get a great big shout to God right now? Amen? Yeah. Can we shout for joy, guys? People, come on. Woo! Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, it is not about religion here. A Saturday night life, it's about life. Okay, life in Christ. God is not about religion, God is about relationship. And so even as we go out um, uh, this week, I want to encourage you, next week we're going to have another service like this. Invite people. We want people to connect to God. It's about connection and connecting to God and having life. You know, I'm just tired of religion. I just want relationship with the living God. I want to encourage you to do the same. I know the game's going on. A lot of people are really rooted in it. And we like Nebraska to win. But we want to come in here and connect with God and have real relationship. Amen. And so, I want to encourage you next week, invite some people. We're going to have an awesome time. Connect with God. Bring people. And, uh, and, and we're going to have a good time in, pre- in the presence of God. There's a scripture. We're going to pray and just uh, have you go home tonight. And watch the rest of the game if you're a big Nebraska fan. You haven't missed out. And let's just bow our heads tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come and worship you, God. And Lord, we thank you because of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. That we don't have to be all religious. We don't even have to be good. Because you make us good. And that we, because of your son, Jesus, Lord, we can come to you just as we are, Lord as unique as you made every one of us, God. And the Lord, you can just, we can come to you through the blood of our Savior and we can worship you. We can join in the spiritual realm with a host of angels and worship you. And that you said you will be pleased with that, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to be in your presence, Lord. Lord, as we leave tonight, I pray a special prayer for everyone that's here tonight. Every adult, every teenager, every child, every baby, Lord. I pray that you will bless everybody in a mighty way, God. Like your word says in Deuteronomy, that you will bless us in our coming in and in our going out. Lord, we ask for that, that you will bless us in the city and in the country. That we will be so blessed. I pray that blessing on every single one here tonight. Any area of their lives they need that. Your word also says that you have not given us a spirit of fear. But you've given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind, Lord. And I pray even that word that Dustin gave us tonight, Lord, that it will be real in our lives. That this week, we will denounce every fear in our lives, Lord. But we will walk in power, we will walk in love, Lord, and we will have a clear mind and a balanced mind, Lord. Just bless us, everyone, Lord, tonight, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people who believe His word, shout a big amen. 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 Have a wonderful week. Go out. Make sure you meet somebody you haven't met before. If you gave your heart to Christ tonight or wanted to return to God, 
Dustin and I want to talk to you. Just put some tools in your hands to help you prepare you in your walk with God. God bless you, everyone.